Praise the Lord, Eastwind. I'm so glad that you have joined us Tuesday night for this eternity. We are talking about eternity this week. And of course, this has been a part of our ongoing eight-week e-revival. And tonight, you're going to hear a special word from evangelist Chris Green. One of our favorite evangelists is going to be preaching to us tonight about the Holy Spirit and how that God wants to fill you tonight with the Holy Spirit. So I ask that you would just open up your heart and mind, gather your family together. Let's get ready to have church in our homes, in our cars, on our iPhones and iPads. And I know God's going to bless you in a special way. And don't forget, if you're a part of our East Wind Campus right here in Palm Bay, Florida, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, we're going to be back in the sanctuary live for our midweek service. Now get ready for a powerful move of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, East Wind Church. It's so good to be with all of you once again. I'm so thankful for this time that we've had together, and I pray that the Lord has blessed all of you during this chaotic time. And speaking of this chaotic time, I want to ask you a question. What is essential to you? This question and this word, essential, has been a hot topic of controversial debate and discussion for several months now. This topic of conversation and its controversial nature has not been ascribed to its definition, but rather its application to one's life. The definition of the word essential means absolutely necessary, extremely important, fundamental or central to the nature of something. While the definition of this word is resolute, the application of it is relative, it's variable, it's subject to change. The definition is the same for everyone, however its application is determined by many different factors of one's life, whether that be age, or gender, or ethnicity, or culture, or religion, or faith, or etc. The, applic- the application of this word essential is determined by one's life. We know that by traveling, and I've traveled with your pastor and their family and several of you in your church, that if you travel to Africa, you understand that what things are essential in Africa may not be essential in North America. What things may be essential in Asia may not be essential in Florida. We know that different things are essential according to one's life. However, there are three specific things to the physical body and the survival of your body that cannot be debated. They cannot be negotiated if you want to live. That is air, air to breathe. It is essential that you have oxygen in your lungs, the air to breathe. And without it, you would not survive. So that is essential. Water to drink and to provide that, the, to, to quench your thirst and to provide the energy needed that that comes with water. It is essential. It cannot be debated. It cannot be negotiated. You can't wonder and question if you need water if you want to live. You must have water if you want to survive. And the last thing is food or sustenance. You must have food. Yes, you can go a time without air, a very short time without air. You can go a, a little bit longer without water and you can go even longer without food, but there comes a time for every human being's life that you must have these three things. They are essential. And so I speak to you today concerning not the physical body, but the spiritual body. And we'll get to that in a moment. 
But the spiritual body has several things that are essential that cannot be debated, that cannot be negotiated. Yes, there may be a few things spiritually that, that you may not have to have, that they may be good things to have. Yes, there may be some things in our lives that we can cut out that aren't explicitly uh, written out in the Bible that may just be part of your own personal conviction. But I bring to you today the essentiality of the Holy Ghost. My title is this. It is essential. Would you say that with me today? It is essential. Amen. I want to read that definition to you one more time. And it says, absolutely necessary, extremely important, fundamental or essential to the nature of something. While our world and especially our nation is debating the topic and the application of this word essential. They're asking our, their, themselves, what is essential? What jobs, what businesses are essential? Who is essential? I submit to you today that there is no debate. There is no question concerning the infilling of the Holy Spirit in your life. It is essential. It is a must to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But not only is it a must, not only is it an obligation, it is an opportunity. It would be somewhat absurd for somebody to sit there and debate with you or to ask you, do I have to breathe? Do I really have to uh, expand my lungs and breathe in this oxygen? What do you mean? Why would you ask that question? You get to breathe. Yes, you need to breathe. It's not just an obligation, but it is a privilege. It's an opportunity. It would be absurd to ask that question. If you were sick and dying, maybe you, you've had this virus that's going around and somebody came to you with a vaccine, an antidote that would cure you, it would almost be absurd or ridiculous for that person to say, is it necessary for me to take that medicine? Is it necessary? Do I have to take that medicine? Do I have to have this vaccine? And a doctor would look at you with a puzzled face and say, what do you mean do you have to? You get to fill your body with this vaccine that will cure cure you of this virus. I submit to you again that the Holy Ghost is essential and it's not something that we should look at as just mandatory or an obligation, but something that we should realize uh, that we get to receive the power of the Creator. The one who said, let there be light and there was light. The one who created heaven and earth. The one who formed humanity out of the dust of the earth. The one who speaks to the storms, peace be still. The one who speaks to a grave, Lazarus has come forth. The one who says I am the resurrection and the life. The one who says I am the way, the truth and the life. The one who is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher of our faith. Do we have to receive the Holy Ghost? Yes. But we get to receive His Spirit. We get to receive His power. Amen. That's why Jesus said in the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, He said, And you shall receive power. After that, my Spirit or the Holy Ghost has come upon you. This world is debating what is essential, but it is not a debate whether we need to receive His Spirit. It is essential. In fact, I want to take it just a little bit further and I want to sort of push the envelope here. I heard uh, an interview of a governor and I won't say who or where or anything else. I don't want to get into politics. 
to me, this isn't about politics. But I, I listened to an interview of a governor and they were asking him, why have you allowed liquor stores to be opened while you have arrested Jewish people going to their synagogues and you've arrested Christians going to their place of worship? Why would you arrest them who are congregating of just a few people when there are... Uh, tens and twenties and even hundreds of people going to stores and liquor stores. And he said, well, in order to appease the, the alcoholics, in order to appease their addictions, we felt like it was necessary and we felt like it was essential for the alcoholics that they still have a place to go to feed their addiction. He said, we don't want to cause any problems and withdrawals and we don't want to cause that heartache. And and I'm not here to debate what is right or wrong. I'm here to tell you that there is a greater answer. If you are addicted to alcohol today, if you are addicted to drugs, if you have a situation that you're fighting today, the answer isn't to feed that addiction. The answer isn't to feed that depression. The answer isn't to feed that loneliness and that bitterness. The answer is to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The answer is to lift up your eyes unto the hills. Notice that your help comes from the Lord. It's not this world that can help you or deliver you or fix you or save you, but it is the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm here to submit to you that there is a greater hope. You don't have to continue to drown your problems and your sorrows. You don't have to continue to feed your addictions, but there is a God. The Scripture calls Him the rock that is stronger than I am. There is a rock that is mightier than I that I can go to. The Scripture says that His name is a strong tower where the righteous run therein and are safe. You don't have to run to liquor stores. You don't have to run to drugs. You don't have to run to anything else. But you can go to the name of Jesus. The name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee will bow. Every knee of addiction. Every knee of alcohol. Alcoholism, every knee of bitterness and murder and anger and loneliness and depression and suicide, every name will bow to the name of Jesus. And everything in this world will confess that Jesus is the only God, the only Savior, the only Christ. He is our Lord and God. Somebody lift up your hands for just a moment and submit to Him. God, You are essential. Your Spirit is essential. The power the power of the Holy Ghost is essential in my life. We find the essentiality of the Holy Ghost described by the words of Jesus Himself in the book of John chapter 3. We know that the context is a Jewish ruler. He was a ruler, a Pharisee of the synagogue, a ruler over the Jewish people. He was very prominent and important. He had a position. He had power. He had influence and authority with the people of Israel and the Jewish uh, people of that day and their religion. And so it says he came to Jesus at night probably because he was afraid of losing his position and risking the influence of his, his ministry of that day. And rightfully so. He was not fully sure or aware of who this 
man Jesus was. But he had a hunger and desire to know more. So he found Jesus at nighttime and he said, Jesus, you've got to tell me. I know that you are a rabbi sent from God because nobody could be doing the things that you're doing unless they have been sent from God. You're more than just a man. You're more than just a carpenter's son. Tell me what you are and who you are and what you're all about. And Jesus responds in John 3 and verse 3 and says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This phrase born again is also debated and, and almost controversial because there's become so excuse me, so many different meanings and perspectives of this concept born again. But Jesus gives us a little insight to this after Nicodemus responds. Jesus says you need to be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. And so remember this, the kingdom of God is a spiritual dimension. And Jesus says you need to be born again. And imagine with me, having never heard the phrase born again. This phrase is so used, it's almost misused. In fact, it is misused. It's, it's been so used, it's become cliche. And people think, I'm born again because I believe this. Or I'm born again because I do this. But ha having never heard this phrase born again, it would have been a confusing word of, direc of direction. To be sitting there with Jesus and you say, Jesus, tell me, give me some insight. And Jesus says, you need to be born again. If you had never heard this phrase, you would have been perplexed just like Nicodemus. And so Nicodemus responds with a puzzled look on his face, I can imagine, and says, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? and be born. What do you mean born again? And Jesus says, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. In other words, he's saying my kingdom is a spiritual place, a, a spiritual dimension, and you can't inherit the kingdom of God in your flesh. That's what he said to Peter. He said, he said, Peter, the revelation of my kingdom that you have, you didn't receive this in the flesh. He said, but my father gave this to you. We cannot inherit or see or enter the kingdom of God in the flesh. And so we must be born again, he says, of the water and of the spirit. And in verse 7, watch the words of essentiality. He says, don't marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Everybody say that word with me, must. Say it again, must. That word is essential. It's one of the synonyms of essential. The definition of must is this. Something that should not be overlooked or missed. Essential. He goes on and says, The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. 
Again, this phrase, born again, is, is often debated of what does it mean to be born again. And Jesus said to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And we find that, that the application of that word of the New Testament by the apostles in the book of Acts is they were baptized in water, which means to go into the water or be fully submerged in water in the name of Jesus. And it also says that they would receive the baptism of His Spirit. They would be filled with His Spirit. Jesus said that John surely baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with fire, with my Spirit, with the Holy Ghost, not many days from now. And we know that Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, the people, the audience who came, and they saw uh, those who were in the upper room on the day of Pentecost uh, who were speaking in other languages and tongues. They said, what does this mean? And, and finally they asked the question of essentiality. They said, what? must we do? What is essential for us to do? And in verse 38, Peter responded and said, repent, turn from your sins and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, for this promise is to you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And still today, this concept and this essentiality and this application and this experience of being born again is often misunderstood. People will say, well, to be born again, all you have to do is this or this or this or this. And they will say to be filled with the Holy Spirit, all you have to do is to do this or this or this or this. In fact, I know people in my own family and I'm not disparaging any of them. I, I pray that the Lord will give them the truth and, and revelation that He has given us. But... I understand now that if you are baptized in water, it does not mean you have been baptized in the Spirit. And if you have been baptized in the Spirit, it does not mean you have been baptized in the water. We find that truth in Revelation in the book of Acts chapter 8 verses 1 through 17. And we know that there was great persecution coming against the church. Saul had killed the apostle Stephen. And, and we know that the church was beginning to scatter throughout the world because of the persecution they were experiencing in Jerusalem. And in verse 4 of chapter 8 in the book of Acts it says, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. And Philip went to Samaria and preached Jesus Christ to them. Verse 6, And the multitudes with one accord or in unity heeded or responded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Verse 8, And there was great joy in that city. Now here we go, here we go to the explanation and the experience of being born again. Verse 12, it says, But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. That means baptized in the name of Jesus because it says it in the same verse. In the name of Jesus they were baptized in the water. But the job was not over. The job was not completed yet. How do I know that? 
How do I know that after they were baptized that they weren't immediately filled with the Holy Spirit? How do I know that this experience of being baptized does not coincide with the experience of being filled with His Spirit? Because in verse 14 it says, When the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, For as yet He, God, had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, So they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. I submit to you that this baptism of the Holy Spirit was not coincide, uh, was not coinciding with the baptism of the water. In fact, it didn't even happen on the same day. How do I know that? Because if you study it, Samaria was a two to three days journey. It was over 40 miles away from Jerusalem. Peter and John were back in Jerusalem. Samaria, 42 miles away, is where the people were listening to Philip preach and they decided that this guy's telling the truth and they had the revelation of the mighty God in Jesus Christ, that Jesus was the Savior of the world. So they were baptized in the name of Jesus. So then they had to send messengers two to three days back to Jerusalem to tell the apostles what had happened and when the apostles heard, they took time to decide what are we going to do? Peter and John said, let's get down there. Let's go to Samaria. They had to pack their bags and, and saddle up their donkeys and spend the next two to three days traveling to Samaria. So we could, we could uh, infer that this was at least five days, maybe even a week, maybe even longer than a week, but at least five days, maybe a week, that by the time that they, they heard about this, that they arrived back in Samaria. So we can infer that a week after they had been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of their sins, the Apostle Peter and the Apostle John stood there and began to speak to them the word of faith like we do today at Eastwind Pentecostal Church. And they began to lift up their hands just like we do at your church. And they began to speak the power of the name of Jesus through the authority of the word of God. And they laid hands upon them, the scripture says, just like we do at East Wind Church. And they began to say, Receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost. And verse 17 says that they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. In fact, I love how it describes it in verse 16. It says they had only been baptized in the name of Jesus. That almost seems blasphemous to say only baptized. How can you put those two words together when baptism is my entrance into the covenant of Jesus Christ? When baptism is a spiritual circumcision of the old things of my past? When baptism says that if I am in Christ, I'm a new creature, old things are passed away, all things become new. When baptism is the name of Jesus going over my life, His blood washing away my sins for all of my sins and my mistakes. How can you say only baptism? 
baptized. Well, I think that you can put those two words together when you understand that baptism is only 50% of the, of the job or 50% of your salvation experience. That you can flip that coin over, the coin of salvation. You've got on one side the baptism in the name of Jesus, but on that other side, you've got the infilling of the gift of His Spirit. Oh, what a work it is to not just know Him, to not just be washed in His name, to not just feel Him on the outside, but to be filled with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. To be filled with all the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside. My God, I feel it right now. That old song we used to sing, there's something on the inside that's working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. We'd start singing that back in the old days and we'd start saying it's the Holy Ghost on the inside. It's working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I wish somebody would praise with me right now for you know that you would be dead in sin. You would be dead in your trespasses. You ought to still be a drug addict. You ought to still be an alcoholic. You ought to still be confused. You ought to still be having suicidal thoughts. But greater is He that's living in me than he that is in the world. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. There is deliverance from my bondage. All things are passed away. All things have become new because I have been baptized in His name and I have been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And when I am tempted, I don't fight the devil by myself for no weapon formed against me is able to prosper because He is living inside of me. Oh, let's lift up our hands and rejoice. Somebody clap your hands with praise. Somebody shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I'm not here to debate you the politics of what is essential in our government. I, I won't even tell you exactly where I was, but not long ago, just a few days ago, I was walking through the city, the downtown of a city, and I, I was doing something there, running an errand, and, and I noticed a line that was out coming out of this storefront property it stretched down the road a line of people standing there in single file they were waiting for hours to get in the store i thought what is this place the toilet paper store or what what's going on here and I didn't know what it was until I had to walk by it and the door opened and I got this just wind of marijuana smoke that hit me and I realized it was, uh, excuse me, a, a marijuana store and that, that's legal here uh, in the city that, that I, I'm describing. And, and it just hit me. I thought, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. There's people that are standing here for hours because this is essential to them, they are bound, God. They they are stuck and they don't know where else to go, God. This government that has said that this is essential, but church is not essential, or prayer is not essential. Again, I'm not debating anything. I'm telling you that the power of the Holy Ghost is essential in every one of your lives. It is essential in your family, in your children. If your children are confused and don't know which way to go, I challenge you to get to, with them tonight and say, "Come on." 
We're going to pray until the Holy Ghost floods our home like a rushing mighty wind. If your marriage is falling apart because of the cabin fever in your home, because of stress and anxiety, you need to grab your spouse by the hand. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You ought to grab your wife or husband by the hand and say, come on, baby. We're going to pray until we stir up the Holy Ghost. If you've been confused, if you've been feeling destitute and despair, you ought to get on your feet and say, I'm going to pray until I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. For it is essential in my life. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and we will be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Lift up your hands right now. This is the altar call. Wherever you're listening to this in your homes, wherever you are, lift up your hands right now. Join together with your family, your kids, your spouse. Lift up holy hands in the sanctuary of your home. And by the authority that's in the Word of God and by the power that's in the saving name of Jesus, I impart the gift of faith into your home. Let the wind of God blow like a rushing mighty wind into your living room, your kitchen, your bedroom, your closet, your car, wherever you're listening to this. Lift up your voice, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And as you begin to shout praises unto God, let the rivers of living water begin to speak, begin to flow out of your belly. Speak in other tongues right now. In the name of Jesus, receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost. Go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. Let the evidence of speaking in tongues flow out of your mouth right now. Don't worry about what it feels like or what it sounds like. Just let it flow from your innermost being right now. Come on, let your vessel be filled. Let your cup run over right now with all the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm about to log off of this live stream, but keep praying. Come on, keep praying. Husbands, lay hands on your children. Wives, lay hands on your children. Spouses, lay hands on each other. Lift up your hands. If there's some Somebody that's not living for God, a backslider, somebody that you know, why don't you stand in place for them right now and say, God, this year, before this year rings out, that person will be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I feel to pray right now uh, uh, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon your pastor and their family, upon the ministry team of your church right now. Uh, they're already filled with it, but I feel a refreshing spirit of the Holy Ghost uh, wanting to touch your pastor and his family in the ministry of your church. Uh, somebody tap into intercession right now and pray for an outpouring of a refreshing of the Holy Spirit upon your pastor, their family, and the ministers. Uh, I pray right now uh, a refreshing wind of the Holy Holy Ghost to, to flow into your homes right now upon Pastor Myers and Sister Myers and their family, upon Bishop Myers and his wife, upon every leader and minister in that church. In the name of the Lord Jesus, be refreshed by the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I'm logging off of this, but keep praying. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Just as Peter stood and 
proclaim that it was essential that we must be born again of water and of spirit, that we must be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue, and that we must be baptized in Jesus' name. Brother Green just stood and preached that it is essential that we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue. So if you have not already received that gift through His prayer, I want you to lift your hands right now. And we're going to speak the word of faith. And I believe that as the word of faith is being spoken, you're going to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue. Lord, right now, by the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus, I speak, Lord, that you would release the Holy Ghost to wherever they are at right now, God. Let them be filled with your Spirit, God. Let them be filled with your Spirit, Jesus. It is the promise that they have. It is the gift that you want to give them, Lord. Right now, Lord, let there be an overflowing, God. Let that river of living water begin to flow out of their belly, God. Lord, let it begin to come up out of the uttermost part of their being and just begin to flow, Lord. Let them begin to speak in that new language that they don't understand, but it's that heavenly praise that you know, God, is the sign of them receiving this gift, Lord. Lord, release your spirit in Jesus' name. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, wherever they are at, God, I bind the prince of the air that might be trying to come against them or stop them, Lord. Let conviction fall upon them. Let them feel the urgency of the necessity of this gift, God. Let them feel the urgency of this moment, God. Just as Peter stood and said, we must, God. Just as Brother Green said that this is essential, let us know that right now, God, whether we don't have the gift of the Holy Ghost, whether we need to be refilled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, or if we're just seeking for a fresh touch right now, Lord, let our hands be lifted high. And let us begin to just let that gift flow, God. Let your spirit flow out of us, Jesus. Lord, let the power of the Holy Ghost begin to consume everything that's coming against them right now, God. Come on, wherever you're at. If you don't have the gift of the Holy Ghost, it is essential. He said you must be born again of water and of spirit. That spirit is what Brother Green just talked about. You must be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is essential to our spiritual walk with God. I challenge you, if you don't are not already speaking in tongues, right now, right where you're at, if you don't have the gift of the Holy Ghost, it is necessary, it is urgent, that you must be filled with His Spirit. I want you to lift your hands one more time. And if you haven't repented, I want you to begin to ask God to forgive you. Ask God to wash you. Ask God to cleanse you. Ask God to just begin to remove those things that would hinder the gift of the Holy Ghost flowing out of you. And as we begin to ask God to forgive us, I want you to just begin to worship Him. Say hallelujah. Say praise Jesus. Whatever you need to do to worship Him. And as you begin to worship, the Bible says with stammering lip and a new tongue. That means you're just going to begin to say things you don't quite understand. But God understands. God knows that you're being filled with His gift. Just as every person in the book of Acts and any record you have in the New Testament. So right now, one more time, we're going to speak the word of faith again. And as we speak it, God is going to fill you with His Spirit. Lord, right now, by the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus, into their home, let the gifts of the Holy Ghost begin to flow right now, God. Fill them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost in 
Jesus name come on begin to worship him with me Lord we love you hallelujah Jesus I magnify you Jesus I glorify you Jesus in the name of Jesus let that spirit flow in their homes Lord fill somebody fresh right now Lord refill somebody that's struggling right now Lord touch somebody with your spirit Lord that just needs a, a fresh touch today God in the name of Jesus we pray let it happen now in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name come on just continue to worship him just continue to pray don't stop just because we're stopping right now but I want you to continue to worship God I want you to continue to praise him and if you want to know further information about receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost or being baptized in Jesus name I want you to contact the church and we'll talk to you about it we'll give you further information but we cannot stress enough the urgency and the necessity and the essentiality of us receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for joining us here at East Wind Pentecostal Church. And we want you to know that if you'd like to be baptized in Jesus' name, we can do that for you today. We can do it here at the church. We have a baptismal here at the church. We'll even come to your home if you have a swimming pool. We can baptize you in your swimming pool. It's that important for us to help you to be baptized in Jesus' name. We also want you to know that if you'd like to learn more about the Word of God, more about the Bible, that we have experienced teachers that can come to your home, teach you a home Bible study. We can even do a video chat. Whatever works for you, we want you to know that we're here for you. Also, very important, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams that can come to your house, pray for you at your home, or you can even send in your prayer request here to the church. We just want you to know that we're here for you and that we want to do anything that we can to help you in these trying times with your walk with the Lord. You can visit us at www.eastwind.church and our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless.